Welcome to the Unity Society Podcast. This is episode number 24. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph. And I have some stuff that I want to talk about as we gather around. It's, um, <laughs> I have been just baking my little heart out. We have had a lot of birthdays um, Yeah, what lately. happened nine months before the beginning of June? I have no idea, but like May, June, July, we have so many birthdays. And so we have a kind of a gathering every Thursday night where I usually make something. And when it's somebody's birthday, if it falls within that week, that I'll make them something special, something that is their favorite. And I've been making chocolate cakes, key lime pies. Today I made a salted caramel and chocolate chip cookie cake with... With the extreme frustration of the people who live in the house and smell it but cannot eat it. Is that what you were going to say? No, I was going to say with cream cheese icing, but I could not remember the icing. But I should You're remember sugar it. sugar drunk just because, from breathing it in. <laughs> because it's all over me. I, I can like see it on you. You're it's wearing... Just, yeah. It's everywhere. So it's probably... I'm on a sugar high and can't really remember, but that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm always looking for inspiration because I really do love to bake. And... Um, it's so sweet. Somebody was asking. No, you were asking the question about if, if alien, <laughs> if aliens came down and said, "What was your question that you asked?" I'm gonna get it wrong. So if why don't you they, go ahead? I, I believe that that what I had said was if aliens came and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pave this over. We gotta blow up planet Earth to make room for an interstellar spaceway, and you you have to prove that you know Earth deserves to survive you know, blah, 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 what would you do? And your chocolate cake would be the thing. I know, and it was very sweet. A lot of the kids were like, oh, Jenny's oh, yeah, cooking. Sure. And, yeah. and it was probably because they were just in the house. And, they and were, full of what and you had cooked. Exactly. But Dude, it was still very you don't very understand, sweet. but I appreciate that. No, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely compliment, and I absolutely take it into my heart. But I've been looking for sort of inspiration trying to stretch myself, trying to do different stuff. And as you know, I usually make something on Friday so that our family can enjoy it throughout the weekend. <laughs> I love that. Okay, listen, boys and girls listening to this, she, my wife is a brilliant woman who is usually such a no BS kind of person and that's what people really admire about her, among other things, for sure. But it's one of her, her stellar qualities, outstanding things to be like, Jennifer, you know where you stand. She cuts right through the the BS and right there. But almost every Friday of our marriage, she has said, "I'm gonna cook something on Friday, something like cake, brownies, something, something." So sweet we can on. have dessert for the weekend. For the weekend, and it has never made it past like 10 a.m. on Saturday. Not ever. I but she, I love that you persist in that delusion. It's the only area that I know of where you're capable of fooling yourself on such a regular basis. It's amazing to me. Well, you've got this blind spot in your consciousness that that is just it works in my favor. I don't know. I just I just like the idea of we don't eat dessert during the week because, you know, I don't think dessert all the time is really good for you. So I do, but I'm not I know, but that's why you're married to me is so I can keep you alive. But (laughs) but so I do make something nice that is supposed to sort of last for the weekend but you're right it usually doesn't make it past oh it's it's breakfast it's yeah it's half of it is gone while it's being cooked because me and the kids swoop in and then by friday evening it's mostly gone it makes it into the fridge and then it's the we have it for breakfast on saturday and then you're wondering what happened and who are these weird dumpster diving people in the house that just eat bad things for breakfast 
Well, anyway, I, I have good intentions. But anyway, sure. so I have been looking for inspiration and I have discovered, and I know it's been around a really, really long time. So it's it's not new, but it's new to me. Um, the Great British Baking Show. Oh my gosh. And it's on PBS, I, right? Yes. And I love it. I love it so much. And it's just Mary Berry, if you haven't seen it, Mary it's Berry the most British is thing in my, the, that there is. is my new idol. No, she is my new hero. I, I just, I love her. I want to be her when I grow up. I think that she is phenomenal. She may be the most British woman I have ever, ever seen. Um, but, oh my gosh, it's really, it's really great. Because it's making me want to sort of stretch myself. And I'm having trouble though because... There are language barriers because they refer to ingredients. There's colloquialisms that are... Right. Well, just not colloquialisms. It's just not that, but it's also they have different names for certain types of sugars or mixes or, you know, like for one thing, I need to discover what mixed peel is. They used mixed peel in one of her cookies and I don't know what that is. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's the rind of citrus, of citrus fruit um, that might be sweetened or jarred or pickled or something, but I don't, I don't know what that is. So I have some, I have a little bit of a learning curve, but I think, I think I'm going to try an opera cake. That's my next really, really big goal. Um, that's the cake where everybody gets a car and then we talk about Maya Angelou? No, that, that's an Oprah cake. Oh. <laughs> the words are different. Like in, in England, uh, what they would call an almond, we would call a lorry. And there's a lift, which is a, which is a cake, and mm-hmm. then don't go to the loo. I think, I, <laughs> I I don't know for sure. I think it's something like that. That was really bad. Yeah, what do you want? That was, that was terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed because I can't eat that cookie until tonight. Anyway, it is the most British thing in the world. And I love it because it's a competition show there's a lot of those kind of shows you know we have like a, a project runway for example or you know chopped or whatever there's a there's a million of those or shows. america's got talent yeah, or, that, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. you know you know the format but the difference is that because this is very british it's just different enough there are there's really no prize there's no money you don't get a restaurant at the end you get a little like a little crystal dish it's it that's it there is nothing if you win an episode, you don't get any kind of benefit the next week. There's no anything. And along the way, you see the contestants actually helping each other. I know. And it's actually, so sweet. It makes, if you're in a bad mood, go watch an episode of it. Because everybody's happy. Yeah. Everybody takes care of each other. It's always, everyone is incredibly polite and kind. It's, they are keeping up the stereotype, right? It is. It's that, and it makes me want to be a nicer person. Well, anyway, I'm super inspired by it, so get ready because I'm I got some I got some things up my sleeve that I really want to try. Well, you know, it makes me think of Woody Allen would often put Hasidic Jews in his movies, and the thought is that he kind of felt in the back of his head that they were like the real Jews, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, obviously there's a huge hunk of the Jewish experience that I don't understand not being Jewish. But I, I have that feeling in a way about the contestants on the Great British Bake Off that what we're doing is a poor copy of what we ought to be doing as upstanding people in the world. Yeah, so there's, they're like maybe. they're doing they're doing it right, you know. And so there's something really lovely about that. 
you know, as we've mentioned on the show before, we're kind of Anglophiles from way back just because of growing up with PBS. But it is what it is. But I'm excited not just about the, the cookie cake, but more importantly because this Saturday is June the 10th. Yes, it is. And June the 10th is our 23rd yep. wedding anniversary. 23 years, babe. That's, that's, that's a long time. That's a very long time. I'm just so glad that there are two things that you're delusional about. <laughs> Weekend desserts and... <laughs> Married to me. Yeah. No. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm happy to take advantage of both of those delusions. It's worked out pretty well for a very long time. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to uh, wax rhapsodic on, on a podcast or to gush, but uh, I am very, very grateful. And it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. I think it's 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 been a... A hell of a ride, and it's but it's amazing, and I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Yeah, I so, appreciate that. We're partners, yeah. and it's really cool because we always have big dreams about what's happening next, and there's no that has not changed since we were kids together. No, nope. but it made me think of when on our fifteenth, uh, mm-hmm. we did a reconsecration of our vows, and Miles was what about ten? I guess a little. Well, it would have had to been eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he's 18. He so was his, 10, his, yeah. And he was part of the, the little ceremony that mm-hmm. we did. And he was crying. And uh, he's a tough guy now. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> if he ever is listening to this podcast. But he was crying, crying, crying. And after the ceremony, uh, you or I, and I don't remember because we were both standing there at the same time. Why are you crying? He said, I'm just so happy. Yeah. It was, it was a such sweet. a sweet thing. Yeah. And the that level of empathy was pretty great and it's an honor to be part of this crazy crew yeah absolutely and i'm i'm looking forward to our anniversary weekend and just kind of getting away and and um having somebody else cook for me for this weekend is going to be super nice so yay well as we dig in i actually talking about little miles and his uh his level of empathy made me think of it because i wanted to start what we're talking about today by talking about the golden rule now it comes up a lot if you were ever in sunday school you know about the golden rule and all of that do unto others as you would have them do unto you it's a thing people know that without even knowing where it has where it comes from but The thing that I want to point out is the thing that everybody knows but hardly ever acknowledges, and that is that there is an element of proactivity in it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is a big deal because it's not do unto others once you are completely sure that they will validate your actions and emotions, or do unto others once you're convinced of a reasonable rate of return or something like that. It means you do it first. And that means faith, and that means courage, and that means respect. I think respect is an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of times I think it gets misused. The idea of respect gets misused. Mm -hmm. I think that people think that they deserve it when maybe they don't. Um, I think that it is absolutely something that is earned by the people in your life and by those that you look up to. And I think that if you want a level of respect, I think that you have to live up 
to the level that you want. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. And I think another piece of it, as long as we're talking about what it's not, another piece of it is I think sometimes people think respect means you are supposed to let me just do whatever old thing I want, even if it's a hurtful thing, because you owe me. Right. Or something along those lines. Right. Or I have I have earned this level and regardless of how long you've been in my life or what I've done to you because I'm I ha I carry the title of such and such and so and so. Or I've done the done my time. Right. I've done my time that it, it's automatically. And I, and I will say that there is a level of respect for example if I go to my medical doctor I'm going to give a little bit of respect, even though, you know, I'm not hanging out with her on a daily basis. I have faith and and I acknowledge that she went to school, that she has earned a level of respect because she knows better than I do. However, that stops when I don't feel comfortable with something that she's prescribing or something along that. And that is... You know, so so there is an earned level of respect as far as education goes. Yeah, but check this out. If, but if it's different. Yeah, if your doctor, if you found out that your doctor went to medical school, but what she did was hung out in the cafeteria for four years and then somehow was able to cheat on her exams and get the degree, you would say, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm not going to listen to you. Um, so it's not just a matter of time served. It's not even a matter of proximity. There were people that hung out around Jesus for years and didn't understand. There are people in your life who have been there for a long time and you know darn well that you can't count on them or that you can count on them to come from a selfish place, let's say. Now, we believe in everybody being healed, everybody uplifted, everybody growing, and we will never give up on people. You have to believe that people have that potential. However... Respect doesn't mean, well, I've known you for a long time, so I'm going to let you do something toxic or dysfunctional, hurtful. That's not okay, and that's not what the word means. In fact, if I really respect you, I'm going to say, look, I'm going to hold you to a high standard because I know who you are. And you see the difference? It's the opposite of uh, of uh, license. Mm. Respect has to do with accountability. In fact, your doctor has gone to medical school, and so I can hold you accountable, Dr. So-and-so, because I know that you're up to the challenge. I'm going to hold you accountable for my well-being, for example. The pilot is, I'm holding that pilot accountable. It's not just that I, I know that they've sat on a plane for a long time. Any more than going to the bathroom a lot makes you a plumber. You know, there's something else right, going on right. there. And so it's not just time. It's not just proximity. But it's focus. It's attention. It's intention. And that respect, the good news is that respect can be an instantaneous process because someone can show you who they are in a heartbeat. I like to think that you know, I, I got a lot to learn, but I like to think that I am receptive enough, open enough to where if I was in the room with Jesus, I would understand that there was something special going on. Maybe I'm fooling myself, but I like to think that I'm at least that level of open and that level of ready. I well, would give the respect to me. It's interesting that you say that because I was just thinking, sitting here thinking if Jesus was in the room. But I, I kind of went the other way with it. Okay. You know, you're saying, oh, I would recognize if a special person was in the room. 
I honestly, if I enter a room of, of brand new people that I have ne- never met before, mm-hmm. everyone has my same level of respect. Everybody does until you show me that, okay, you're in that learning process and I need to back away from you a little bit. I'm still not going to make you feel bad because everybody needs room. Everybody's growing. Everybody needs to do that. But I think until you do that. So for me, if Jesus was in the room, he would get treated just as much as everybody else until I was like, oh, Jesus is pretty cool. Yeah, but I think you would know pretty fast. Well, I think you would. And Sam over here is kind of, you know, acting a little. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. Sorry, sorry, Sam. No, but he's, you know, he's acting a little bit. I think we're saying the same thing. I think that it has to do with just recognizing that, yeah, we all have the same potential. But if you're open enough, the time it takes you to realize that someone is further ahead or behind on that path to realizing their potential is the time it takes you. And so what I'm saying is it's not a matter of, well, we've been together for years and therefore you should because you can I get there immediately. I see what you're saying. Okay, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I wasn't following it before, but I get it. Okay. Everybody deserves right. the same thing. But in the same way that, you know, if you had a, a five-year-old kid around who wanted some ice cream, you wouldn't throw him the keys to the car and say, go get some ice cream. Go ahead because I respect you. That's not respect. In fact, that's incredibly dangerous and dumb. There are people in your life who are working on different things. And it's not a matter of disrespect to acknowledge, you know what, this is, I'm asking you to do something that is outside your comfort zone, potentially harmful to you, not going to help you to grow, and in fact is going to make a mess that I'm going to have to clean up later in one way or the other. Respect is understanding that people are at different levels of things and not judging it. Right. That's the important thing. It's about hitting people where they are instead of expecting them to be the way that you are. To give an opposite example, I think one of the, the, the grossest things in the world, and for some reason it just gets me, it's not that big of a deal, but for me, it's just a pet peeve kind of thing, is when you pull up next to somebody and, and, and in traffic, let's say, and their music is so loud that now you have to listen to what they're listening to. And it's that I'm the only person in the world problem. You know, it's the, hey, everybody look at me. And it is incredibly disrespectful because other people have other things going on. Respect means understanding that other people have something to teach you. It's about being open and receptive. Now, let's turn it around. Do I have something to learn from the guy next to me in traffic? Sure. However, what I have to learn is, boy, I sure hope he turns left. You know, it's one of those kind of things. So being disrespectful is a matter of making it be all about you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, I mean, we've talked about the the idea of, of respect and, you know, respecting people's space and, and everything else. But we see that kind of come up in everyday life about how people just sort of impose their, their selfhood on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm going to do whatever I feel like I'm, I'm going to do and just like... I was in the store the other day, and I swear there was this woman. There were a couple of women. Remember, we were at the, oh, yeah. we were at the grocery, mm-hmm. I and this. I zigged, they zigged, I zagged, they zagged, <laughs> and it was just like I was really trying to be patient. 
I was really trying to be. But polite. they were just oblivious and to they your were existence. Totally, they, they. I mean, they didn't even look up to have eye contact. It was as if they were the only people in the grocery store. Right. And not that I deserved for them to just get out of my way and you know let me do my shopping because it is a shared space. We are all in this together. But the word shared is kind of important, right? However. To not even look up and acknowledge or say, oh, I'm so sorry I was in my own world. Because I've done that before. I've been hovering over a shelf that somebody needed to get to. And they're like, you know, when they say something and I, I get, you know, jerked out of whatever daydream I was in. And, uh, oh, and, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me move out of your way. You know, once you acknowledge. And I think that that is, that's sort of the level of respect of shared space. But it seems more and more, and I don't know... It's probably because I'm getting older. It's probably because I just, you know, maybe maybe it ha- doesn't have to do with age. Maybe it has to do with the longer you live, the more you're exposed to it so many more times. So like when you're Cumulative. 10 years, yeah. So when you're like 10 years old, you probably experience that maybe what, like two or three times. But by the time you're 40 something, you're into the hundreds of times that people have done that to you, and you just go, you just get so sick and tired yeah, of it. Yeah, maybe that, so. You know that you're like all curmudgeony about it. Maybe you know? so, and where this know. is a curmudgeony moment, but maybe so to some extent. But the thing is, too, you know, look, we all have moments where we're in our own bubble. That happens. You know, I'm I'm up in my head a lot, but I hope I never think I'm the only person in the world. And there's a little bit of a difference. I think that part of it has to do with with quote-unquote progress because when we were all tribal people truly, you couldn't afford to be distracted because predatory animals, because we've got to do this thing and get food happening or we starve. Because, or you just have to keep the fire. you got to pay attention to the fire, keep it right. going. Yeah. Because life is happening mm-hmm. and each other is happening we are there's not and also because there's nothing going on but as our group as our culture our people as humanity itself however you want to divide that up as we have gotten better about creature comforts we have also gotten better about distraction i mean think about all of the ways in which you can be inside that bubble well it's the john steinbeck quote from um, American, American Adventure, Adventure and Epcot. Yeah. We've got we've got leisure. Uh huh. We've got free time, right. and no dynamic people has ever survived that. And there's a piece of that that I get because it is profoundly easy. It is reinforced over and over again. Look at what's up on Facebook, and what you have is a lot of people saying, "Hey, look at me," and that's it. And then it just goes by. And in fact. Most people kind of don't expect a dialogue. Mm-mm. If you really look at what happens on Facebook, and I'm picking on Facebook, but at any kind of social media thing, and more and more, most conversations, eavesdrop on the couple next to you at a restaurant. There's a level of, okay, statement, other party waits, their statement, you know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of interaction. It makes me think of Fran Lebowitz, the, the great writer who said the opposite of talking is not listening. The opposite of talking is waiting. Right. And there's yeah. something really profound yeah. about that. And I think our technology has intensified that level of quote unquote discourse. It's so easy to be in that bubble. And so what I'm proposing is that maybe part of the answer is 
can you please put down the phone, turn off the radio or the television set? And this is this is so uh, so old fashioned, old yeah, fogey of me. But yeah. isn't it amazing when you don't eat in front of the TV, for example? Isn't it amazing when you drive around when you when the weather allows it with your windows down and the music off? Isn't it amazing when you're not on your phone in the grocery store? And there's something, I know it's a pain because we're so used to, I want to have my bubble of my music and my entertainment and the things that I like around me. I want to be reinforced in what I already am. But if you're reinforced in what you already are, you're not going to grow into what you could be. And that's what this is about. The thing, the reason that respect is important, this is not a podcast about common courtesy and manners. Right. This, the idea here is being a respectful person opens you up to spiritual growth. That's the thing that I want people listening to hear. Being a respectful person means being a spiritual person. Part of what our father means is that you're not the only person in the world, that we have things to learn from each other. There's something really beautiful about, for one thing, telling each other the truth. Well, I was just going to say that you brought up Facebook, so, you know, might as well go there. But it, it really is, you know, there is this sort of, the the look at me living and that is whether mm. or not it is somebody driving their car and they're you know and they have their base way up or if it's somebody that just wants to dress provocatively or do whatever and I'm not saying that is inherently bad choices you do you you know Are you trying if, to if you're talk really, about my cleavage right no, now no no but but I'm and I, and that it doesn't matter man or woman I'm not I'm not this is not about gender this is not no, about hey, sexuality when you got a dad bod like, like this. <laughs> it's on. Anyway, uh, my point is is that whenever anybody is doing something, not because it's truly within themselves, but it's because they want to be looked at, I think that that is an interesting an interesting dynamic, and it it's almost like somebody is imposing their views on everybody else sure. and their ethics and their and their morals and everything else and and you see it so much in Facebook cuz it's like I'm going to post just this nasty thing or I'm going to post something and even if you agree with the sentiment a lot of times it's pretty nasty or it's it's the joke at somebody else's expense or it's you know it's something that can give you a chuckle or you know like I said or really make you mad well, because if I can speak or talk or act or dress or whatever provocatively, hopefully I get a response. And that's the thing. Everybody wants to be heard. But if we're all so busy talking and nobody's listening, that short circuits it. And there's this wonderful thing where the dog kind of catches its tail here. And that is, if I need to be validated, then whatever that is that I'm trying to get validated isn't really true think about that with me if it has to be validated it ain't true because if it was true it would stand on its own and i don't need or care if other people agree with it or not if it's true it's bloody true but if i need everybody to agree with me if i need everybody to listen to this if i need everybody to click the like button then maybe it's not all of that true maybe it's not that fundamentally real about me. So the funny thing, and here's that circular part, if my whole existence has to do with people telling me that I'm okay and pushing my beliefs, fashion, 
whatever, pushing that on other people, what I'm really doing is I'm building this wonderful force field that prevents me from knowing myself. Because you know what? You're not your outfit. And I like music too, but that's not the truest truth about you. If you need people to rubber stamp those kind of superficial things, what you're really doing is keeping yourself from digging into what's real about you. Maybe it's scary. And I get that because when you get down to it, inside of you, there is this infinite thing, this incredible bigness that's really hard to get your head around because you can't get your head around it. And we live in a culture that says you got to understand the cash value of a thing. You have to comprehend it fully. You have to own it intellectually. And you can't own this big truth that's inside of you, this Christ within you. And so if we start digging into what's really going on, what makes you tick, well, that's scary for a lot of people. So instead of who are you really, we get these superficial things of, you know, I got my favorite band tattooed on my arm. Really? What happens when they break up? Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and... I just think that, like you said, going back to the if Jesus was in the room, there's been a couple of experiences in my life when you know when the real thing is around. Mm -hmm. And I think that that feeling and that gut reaction and that understanding on a, on a spiritual level is what we're all sort of looking for. And it's the golden rule. It's like, that's who I want to be. I So I'm going to treat others the way that... I want to be treated and I want to be treated with a level of decency and respect, not because I've necessarily earned it, but because I am on my path and I'm trying and I, I'm doing the best that I can. And I do think that we owe that to each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do think we owe each other space to figure this stuff out. It is an incredible lifelong journey and education and everything else and you're going to mess up sometimes but when you mess up it's like okay come back and try it again and thank god for people in my life that tell me okay no you're no what that's that? not that's not the best thing that you just did right now and i do have really good friends and my family that'll tell me okay nope pull it back because that was that's not cool you need to cool down you need to stop you need to not go in this direction and thank god for that because lordy be i don't know <laughs> what would happen if i didn't have those but folks. see that's done out of love and respect we hold each other accountable out of love and respect right. and so this is the golden rule part this is the you do it first the proactive element of that if you want respect stop asking for it Mm. Instead, if you want respect, you must give it. And you know that's true. You know, it, 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 there's so much in our culture that is reverse wired where it, I'm supposed to demand it and then somehow I'll get it. And unfortunately, for silly reasons, that gets paid off in big ways, but it fails in the important small ways. But imagine a, a quarterback running, you know, running the... You can tell I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> running for that home run that them quarterbacks do. But imagine a, one of them football players running down the field and stopping in the middle to ask everybody if he looked good in his little pants. You know, they wear little pants. I know that. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It, it, you no, know, run. You're supposed to. We'll, we'll love you more if you do the thing you came to do. Is that a silly example? Sure. But there's a point in there. And the point is do the thing that you're doing. Right. And if you give yourself to it, if you if you express what's really in your heart, the respect will come or you'll learn that there are some people who 
you weren't doing it for them anyway. But don't you think that this is such an easy way to start this process that um, respect or or love or just a very simple way, but it gets so much bigger because this this concept works for prosperity as well. Everything. You get everything. You give in faith, then you receive. Prime the pump, man. That's, yeah, that's I mean, how life it works, works. It works for everything. So yes, we're talking about respect this pot in this podcast, but it just overlaps everything else it really does if you can get this one lesson down where you give first you show and mirror and and be an example of what you want you treat others the way that you want to be treated you know and then just continue to apply that to every aspect of your life even parenting you know I think that one of the things with the kids especially when they were young teenagers was that we really didn't have any double standards. And let me tell you what I mean by that. For example, if they were going to be out, you know, they kind of had a curfew. It's like, okay, when are you going to be home tonight? How long is this movie? When does it end? Are you getting dinner? So they didn't have a set curfew that they needed to be home, but they needed to be home within a reasonable ending of whatever they were doing. If it was if it was bowling or if it was, you know, a little bit longer of a party or something of those nature, you know, it was, it was, you know, curfews were negotiable. It wasn't ever just like, okay, be home at midnight or you're, you're grounded or anything like that. So anyway, but, but I digress. There were no double standards. And if we were going to be out late and the kids happened to be home, we'd say, Hey, movie went a little bit longer. We would text them. We would call them. We would treat them with that same level of honesty and respect because they were just as worried about us being out late believe it or not your kids your kids do there they are people and they do have those feelings of where's mom and dad and and I or hope that unless okay. you teach them not to care by imposing a double standard right that's what the double standard does yeah it teaches ex- them not to exactly care. and so as a result you know even as now adults they they're fine with just simply letting us know, hey, I'm going to be a little bit longer. Even though they don't have to anymore, they do it out of respect because they know that we're parents and we worry. And that's, You're not that's the only of, person in this house. Right. And that, that's the thing. Understanding that you don't live for yourself. And I hope that we have never done the because I said so. I don't, I don't think, think we, we have. have. Yeah, I was jinx. I, I don't think <laughs> we have. But, but I think it also, it's a level of, hey, come on, guys, you know, we're all in this together. But we've never had a problem with the kids, A, not telling us where they were or, you know, getting into any kind of trouble or anything like that because, or or missing a quote-unquote curfew when they said they, they're usually home when they say they're going to be home. If not, we get a phone call and an explanation. And if the explanation is reasonable, okay, cool. But here's the thing. Here's what we have earned with each other. We have earned benefit of the doubt. So if I say, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z because this is important to me, I don't have to explain myself because the three of you know, okay, he's not an idiot. Sure. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that And I have, you know, that's that's where the respect part is kind of earned is like I don't have to bring out proof every time I want to do something and neither do you and neither does Miles or Raina. Now, in retrospect, if it's like, oh, well, that was dumb. Well, what were you thinking? Let's break it down. That's different. But respect is something that you give first it makes me think of edwin gaines a prosperity teacher she her thing and she's still doing it. her thing and she goes all over the world talking about prosperity and anything 
that Edwin Gaines has written or talked about will straighten your butt out as yeah, far as financial absolutely. stuff. It will fix your prosperity. She's an incredible prosperity teacher. But if you go to Edwin and you say, Edwin, I'm not prospering. The money stuff is not working out for me. I, I, I'm just in a place of lack, you know, that kind of thing. She will say to you, I guarantee it, she will say, are you tithing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll ask. And if you say no, she'll say, okay, well, you know what you need to do next. You know, there is no, that's, this is how this works. Without exception, you tithe. Right. And once again, yeah, this absolutely applies to money. If you're not doing good, if you can't afford to tithe, you've messed up. Tithe something. If you have a dime, make a penny happen for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways. There's always ways. You can give a compliment, a prayer, a attention. You can give. But until you give, you cannot. It's not will not. You cannot receive. It just doesn't work. And so you want respect. Be a respectful person. Recognize that you're not the only person in the world. That, that we're all in this together. That there's something really beautiful about understanding that somebody can help me get to the bottom of me and even if that sounds selfish if that's where you got to start start there as long as you've got your shields up and you need people to tell you that that your stuff don't stink that everything you do right now is just right if you need that then you are being superficial because those things aren't the truth about you let us get to the place where we get to the bedrock of our existence, that part of our true identity that cannot be insulted, cannot be compromised, cannot go away. Truth is what's true even if you don't believe it. Everything else is just facts. So what's true about you? You know, that's the thing. I guess that my lesson for this time is it's, it's true about me that I don't make enough desserts for the weekend. No, that's true. <laughs> That's true, and I respect that. You're not getting any more. Just, yeah, just. <laughs> there are stores. Just so you know. It's time for our listen up part of the podcast, and that's where somebody sends in a question, and we try our very, very best to answer it. So, Dieter, you have the question this week. Yeah, I love this question. This came from Jack T. Thank you, Jack. And Jack asks. This is the whole question. There was no context, no nothing. Is there a good way to have a fight? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that really I love is. that question. I have no idea what was going on in Jack's universe, but uh, I, I, there's a good way to do anything, right? Well, I was going to say, yeah, I think that there's a good way to have a fight. So where do you go with that question? Where I go is I immediately think about how people like us, Christians, New Thoughters, Unity people, we get painted with the brush of doormat. You shouldn't ever speak up about what's wrong. You should be a good Christian and just endure and turn the other cheek. And, and you know, and usually the kind of people that are saying that are the kind of people that want you to continue validating whatever garbage behavior they're dishing out. But we get, we get accused of being wimps all the time. So I bet that there are... Um, Unity podcast, Christian podcast, New Thought podcast, where if you ask that question, they go, no, there's no good way to have a fight and you should just, ooh, you should just put up with whatever it is. And I'm here to tell you that that is baloney. I was going to say, don't you think that arguments, disagreements, fights, I mean, we're not talking about 
violent here. No, that's of course a, that's not. A, I'm, so let's just be clear what we're not talking yeah, about. Yeah, nobody I, gets punched. Nobody, yeah, it, it, nobody is getting physically injured. Nobody is, you know, yeah. we're not going down that road. No, because it, obviously that happens, you call the police, you put that other person in jail. No question, because that is, that's violence and that's not cool and that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having a fight or an argument with your spouse, with your brothers and sisters, with your mom and dad. With your church, with, with your, your, yeah, whatever. With, with anything, you know, where it's just like, okay, no, there is something that somebody else is doing with your government, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, just maybe. Um, anyway, yeah. we won't go there, but. Um, no, uh, you know, well, that's <laughs> the thing, because, okay, so the question was, is there a good way to have a fight? Yeah, the bad way is to resort to violence. The bad way is to, is to stop the discourse of ideas and the sharing of what you feel is true. Because you can't do that with your fists. Yeah. You can't do that with physicality. You cannot convince someone or explore an idea with with aggression. That's not what I'm talking about. So that's the wrong way. Okay, so let's go just down the line. The next wrong way to have a fight is by using um name calling or hurtful words or things that are not going to get you heard right because if you're going to name call or if you're going to do something or or be ranting and raving about something or you know i i just don't think that you're that is not a good way to have yeah so we back up for a minute you lose your point right so back up and say okay what do you mean when you say fight? What is the goal? If the goal of the right. fight is to hurt somebody, no, there's no right way to do that. If the goal of a fight is, is to be heard, is to be right. Okay, be right. Okay. No, that's not it either because that's ego stuff. If the goal of the the disagreement, the rebellion, the fight, if the goal is this cannot stand, this aggression, this dysfunction, we must stand up for what's right and what's true and what is loving. That's the thing. Ask yourself, boil it down however you like, but get to a place where you say, look, the reason that I must disagree with that is because love cannot allow this X, Y, and Z. If you can get to that place, is there a right way to have a fight? Yeah, come from a place of love. If you can't, then no, you should shut up. I was thinking, I love that. And I was thinking that, trying to think back, especially in, we don't, we don't really have the kind of arguments now that we had when we were very first married. Yeah, because you uh, learn. Because you I think up. you learn. Yeah, exactly. But I was trying to think back to like to the first couple of years that we were married and You were mostly wrong, but go ahead. No, I wasn't. I was usually I was usually right. <laughs> oh, and, but that's okay. okay. That's all right. all right. Um we can actually probably end up miming a, an argument right here and, and show people the right way to do it. No, I'm kidding. Um no, but I was really thinking back and the general problem always was that you had a solution to the problem mm-hmm. in in your mind and you had a way that it was going to go in your mind and I had a solution to the problem and the way it was going to go in my mind. Because and, we were a new couple, so there was right. all kinds of problems right. to solve. There well, was business to take care of, right? we were trying to solve the same problem but we weren't really willing to bend on how we were going to get there. 
you know, I had a, I had a clear vision of how the solution was going to come about. And then you had that same clear vision. And that is really when we clashed. It really, really was. Yeah. Because it was about, it was about ego. It, it, we immediately, when we were young, immediately went away from, we're both looking for a solution to this awful thing that's happening. We left that and the train, the train went on to the other station of, I need to be right about this. Right. And then it can get dirty. And then you start pulling in everything that they did, you know, during that week. Well, you didn't do the dishes and you are not changing the baby's diaper fast enough. And it can go downhill very, very quickly. Um, but I always remember, and you haven't said it in a really long time. Like I said, this was more early marriage stuff. But when I would get on a roll and I would just be going and just running down the list of how you had screwed up over the last eon, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you would always stop me and you would say, okay, wait, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. And and it would, I'd be like, no, you're not on my side. And then you'd be like, nope, on your side. I'm not the bad guy here. We're trying to solve the same thing. And I think it would just give me enough of a breath to go, okay, I'm being a jerk and I need to stop. And this is just, this is just what it was. And it, it but when you're in a fight, you, you just so desperately want to be heard and you just, you want to be right. And you just, you're like, no, I know that this is, this is, rah. Yeah. But so, but there is the answer to the whole thing. The whole thing. You may not always have the the benefit of such a saintly person in your life as me, but it's. But that is a true. <laughs> uh, it, it really listen, is. Listen, I, pr- I have to say, and I'm you're proud not of that. A and saint, that, no, and and you have had plenty of times where you know. Oh, listen. You've gone off the rails too. I'm just. I've done an stupid example, things today. So. You just don't know about them yet. <laughs> but that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is, you may not be with somebody else in that relationship or fight. Who is there saying that? So it becomes your job. Mm-hmm. This goes back to what we just said about respect. You've got to be the giver of that. And so is there a right way to have a fight? Yes. There are some ground rules in no particular order. Can, can you come from a place of love? Is your ego out of the picture? Are you really interested in the solution? Can you look at that other person or organization or whatever, you know, can you look at that other person and say, look, we're the same. We want happiness, for example. Make it as abstract as you need. Boil it down to the place where you find the common ground, to mix my metaphors. Get to that place. And it might be incredibly abstract, like, well, I know that we both like sunny days. You know, doesn't matter. Go as far as you need to go, because until you can go out to that place and then come back down into this situation, if there's no common ground, there's no, there's no solution. So if you can say, look, I know that we're on we're on the same side in that we both want happiness. We want to take care of the people we love. We want whatever it is. If you're in a, in a fight with your partner, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, we want to make sure that we can pay the bills together. And this is a fight about finances, let's say, or about how to raise the kids. Well, we both want the kid to be happy and smart. So, okay, common ground. So can you find common ground independent of you being right? Because that's the thing. If I were a counselor in the middle of a fight, and I have been called upon to do that once or twice, I would say, okay, we all we both want the same thing. We both want this kind of happiness, this kind of resolution. Is it okay with you if you are wrong about how that resolution comes about? I'm never wrong. Yeah, 
I hear you. I know. I know that about you. <clears throat> no, uh, of course. But but what I'm trying to say is that's hard though. That's hard to in the midst of all of that to go. Okay, I'm wrong, and that's why I think taking a breath is is, yeah. is super and important. The thing is, you, because you might be, even though you feel so strongly about yeah. it, and you you might be wrong. But is the goal being right? Because that's ego. Is the goal getting your feelings validated? Because that's childish. Yes. A grown-up, a real grown-up, and that has nothing to do with age. You know that. A grown-up is the one who can say, look, I just want to get past this. I want to get to a place of health, happiness, freedom, expression of love, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to get to that good place, and I want to get there with you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Well, let's, I'm saying I want to be your partner in this. It is okay with me if the road we take is not the one on my current GPS. I think that is a pretty good answer. I think we did really well. So you're welcome, Jack. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's... No, really, honestly, I'm not even being... This is not coming from ego. I love that answer. I really do. This is the part where we check it out. And the check it out segment of our show, as you know, is the part where we talk about what we're up to, where you can find us and learn more about what's going on. And man, oh man, there is always something going on. I want to let you know that on uh, June 25th, Jenny and I will be doing a branching in talk and workshop at Unity of North Tampa. And strangely enough, that's in North Tampa, Florida. It's a great congregation. We've spoken there a few times. We did a great service project at one of our retreats there. Uh, Reverend Virginia is awesome. That whole community is just really, really great. They're I'm changing lives. I'm looking forward lives. to it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. On And on July 9th, we are going to be at Unity of Orlando. Yeah, Reverend Bob Marshall's church. That's a great place, and he's a rock star. And then on, uh, just skipping ahead, because there's something else I know in the middle there, but as long as we're talking about workshops and Sunday services, um, I want to let you know that on uh, the 30th of July, I will be doing the service by myself. Hopefully there'll be other people around, but <laughs> you never know. But at, uh, at uh, First Unity Spiritual Campus, and that's firstunity.org. As always, you can find out about all the stuff we do by just going to our website and clicking on events. But there's a couple of things that are especially special that I want to let you know about. I want to let you know that we have our, our, our sun celebrations. Is that what we call them? That doesn't sound right. St. Pete Sunshine Celebration. There it is. There it is. That sounds a lot better than what I said. Those take the form of two different uh, events each week. On Wednesday mornings at about 7.20, we gather at North Shore Beach. And you can Google for that. North Shore Beach, St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, we gather there and we go for a walk. And it's about three or four mile walk. We walk through downtown and we get some coffee. It's awesome. It's no big deal. It's not a power walk. It's a leisurely stroll through the finest city on the face of the earth. And we get an amazing cup of coffee. And we just sort of talk about life. It's great. Sometimes it's just me and Jenny. Sometimes we get a whole crew. And it's just so much fun to, to start the day that way. Like I said, it's, it starts at 720. There's time to do your thing and then go to work after that if if you've got a nine o'clock work time. So that's the Wednesday morning one. And then also every Sunday, we gather at St. Petersburg Beach and we park at the Dolphin Village parking lot. But park in the, the beach parking. Don't park in the shopping center or you get your car towed. But um, park at the beach parking near Dolphin Village in St. Petersburg Beach. And what we do is we go out that, that public access and we walk a little bit south of that public area to where the crowds thin out. 
and uh, and we gather about a half hour before the sun goes down. Ask your phone. Your phone knows when the sun goes down. Trust me. But um, we gather, and it's it's no big deal. We just we sit and we support one another. We just hang out. It's just a. It's become a pretty good sized group of people that are just there to remember that one way or the other, the sun is there. Like it or not, know it or not, life is happening. And the sun just shines and God just loves. It's really cool, really informal, and then we go get ice cream afterwards. So that's every Sunday, St. Pete Beach, about a half hour before sunset. Then on Thursdays, you can either join us on Facebook and I think soon um, on YouTube. Because, oh, yeah? because yeah, I think we're going to switch over to YouTube Live as well. We're gonna do, we've are gonna do. we been doing Facebook Live, but I think we're going to try to switch over to YouTube Live. Um but either way, you'll be able to join us live from our living room, um, Thursday night Bible discussions. It starts at 8 p.m. every Eastern, Eastern time, um, every Thursday night. And we have just been having so much fun with that. And yeah, join us. Send us in questions. Come listen to what we're talking about. It's, it's so cool awesome. to, to do that and have, you know, there's people, we have a bunch of people gather in our living room. But there's so many people on the internet who ask questions and who participate in that. It is just so much fun to have this be sort of a global event. And speaking of events, there's one more that I'm going to tease. And that is to say, if you are anywhere near the St. Petersburg, Florida area, anywhere at all, I want you to put Sunday, August 27th, on your calendar just pencil us in we'll talk more about what's going to happen but i just want you to just be aware sunday morning august 27th uh in the st petersburg florida area you're going to want to be a part of this there's something Ooh, amazing mysterious. going on you can always find us on facebook twitter or instagram and it's always at the handle at the unity society so come find us there comment read our stuff take a look at the site you know the drill you know where to find us. All right, Dieter, it's time to wrap it up. You have to prime the pump. You have to give in order to receive. That's how this works. Because just like the Bible says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the beginning of every miracle, every dream coming true, every prosperity demonstration, every healing, every revolution starts with faith. And you express faith not by trusting what you see, what you have in your physical senses, because the physical stuff is a byproduct of your spiritual nature. That's important to know. You must act before you see. Believing is seeing not the other way around. So give, find a way. If you want respect, for example, just like we talked about, go give respect. And you know what? There are things going on in the world that need some TLC, that need some attention, that need some fixing. It is your job to stand up for what is true, for what is real, for what is love. There are times to fight, boys and girls. And those times are when you are called upon to speak up. Don't let one of those moments pass you by. Just make sure you're coming from a place of love. Make sure it's okay with you that this is not about your ego, that you're not the only person in the world and everybody's got to listen to you. Come from your heart. There is within you, beyond all the layers of the stuff that needs to be validated, 
There is an unshakable, unstoppable, unkillable truth inside of you, a truth with a capital T, a truth that, that doesn't go away just because people don't believe in it. And all we are doing on this planet Earth is digging down to find that. And when in some small way you can come from that place, you can't go wrong. So look for it. Look for it in other people. We serve God by serving His children. This podcast is recorded at Pin Feather Studios on the lovely Orange Couch. Hashtag Orange Couch. It's so much fun to see some of the people that uh, that Raina Randolph, our sound engineer, the handsome and strong Raina Randolph, half of the music that you hear. She is a, a producer at Pin Feather Studios, and it's so much fun to see other people, the people whose albums she's producing, also Instagram from the hashtag Orange Couch. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We're, I guess this couch is going to be in her life forever. You know, you and I are going to move out, but it'll be her couch forever. <laughs> but um, she is half the music, just like I said, and the other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And what do we mean by that, Oh, Peter? gosh, let me think. It's a whole new concept to me. Listen, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard it before, but you know what? You're going to hear it again because it is really important. The things that I'm talking about take you seconds, but we need you to do them because that's how this podcast not only grows, but survives. If you want this to go on, please do these things. It's two things. First of all, share. Share the podcast with somebody. Post it on your Facebook, Twitter, whatever, social media. Send somebody an email. Tell somebody, you know, I listen to this weird podcast where there's this couple with this amazingly wonderful woman and this goofy guy, and they just talk about truth stuff, and it's so much fun. I liked it when when they said this thing, and I thought it would mean something to you. Share it with somebody. There is somebody who wants to know about the things that we write on the website, the recipes we post, the articles, the stuff. The Instagram pictures, when we post that family focus every month, there's a prayer in there that will change your life, and it might change somebody else's too. So share it with somebody. And like I said, it takes you just moments to click that share button or to forward an email. Super, super easy. If you go to our website, there's share buttons on every single page. Super, super easy. The other thing is write a good review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever it is, there is a mechanism where you can give the five-star rating and that is the magic golden ticket that promotes our podcast and helps us to thrive and survive so please go and do that once again it takes you a moment it makes all the difference in the world